I was talking to somebody and he was using ServiceBot to sell his book. And he was actually part of his book offering was this database. He had it built in bubble. So like he needed to have this mini app part of his uh, offering um, put under a paywall and, and ServiceBot was a great fit for him. And he was telling me like, oh man, I, I, I'm so happy I found you. This is great. And he was telling me how he's planning on expanding it from after, because this book is kind of like his form of validating an idea. And he's going to take this and kind of expand it into a SaaS business. And ServiceBot's a great fit for that because you can really just change it from, all it is is changing your the Stripe products and boom, you're selling subscriptions instead of books. Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day they built for hours and hours, but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter came to help them find the way. Because of this, makers became founders and earned the money they deserve. Because of this, founders can have growth, freedom, and wealth until tomorrow, no code becomes the next big skill that changes the future of humanity. That's what I'm all about. Hello, my name is Abdulaziz, and from an ethical hacker to a European Ivy League business graduate to a hypnotherapist to a growth marketer, I've lost everything twice, and now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day, the No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter are for the makers and founders who have the proactivity, perspective, and persistence to go on this journey with me and get the answers about money, marketing, and mindsets so that makers become earners, earners become founders, and founders get freedom and create wealth. And thank you for the support. This podcast is now ranking nicely on Apple in the entrepreneurship category. Top 200 in San Francisco, top 60 in Germany, top 50 in the UK, top 30 in Sweden, top 25 in Italy, and top 25 in India. And of course, of course, number two in Azerbaijan. I've never been there, but I hear it's beautiful. So let's keep going, keep rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing. My guest today is a true inspiration. His name is Ben Sears from founding ServiceBot in 2016 to quitting his job soon from growth ranker to dev up architecture. He is a senior software engineer, a founder, a maker, and a visionary. Ben, how are you today? I'm doing a-okay over here. Um, it's a beautiful day in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, weather is great, not too cold, not too hot as always. Uh, how about yourself? I'm doing absolutely great. I feel in that energy of 2021 and it seems positive, so I'm excited about this year. And to give a bit of context, can you share your story, the story that made you the Ben you are today? Absolutely. Yeah, so I, st I started um, probably around 2013, 2014 when I actually, uh, I was in college and uh, I was, I, I got brought, I, I found this internship for, for a social media startup called Whittle. It's, uh, obviously, they're not around anymore, otherwise you probably would have heard of them. 
but that, that's kind of how I got into my into my career. That's where I met what my current co-founder, Shar. Uh, he was one of the develop, lead developers of that project. And from there, we kind of went and uh, started our own consulting company where we would be kind of, where we help uh, people build out. We were specialized on like Drupal and uh, WordPress sites. So we would just spin out these websites for people. Um, and then we, I kind of, we kind of transitioned to actually developing a product and that's kind of where ServiceBot came, came from what it was. It was this idea that, uh, we needed a platform to manage our customers, uh, manage our subscription customers, our subscription revenue. And, uh, we've, we've kind of pivoted from that original vision, um, quite a bit because we originally were kind of focused on freelancers and freelance businesses who are trying to get at subscription revenue. And we've kind of shifted um, to focus on SaaS. And now this past, the past year we've been, we kind of pivoted We're well, we're still focused on SaaS a lot, but now we're getting into no code SaaS and no code applications and managing subscriptions within those. So um, it, it's, it's been quite, quite a journey for us. We've been, I mean, obviously we've been around for four years, so we've seen a lot of, a uh, lot of stuff over the years, a lot of pivots. So that's, that's kind of a, a, a in a nutshell, my uh, story. Great. It reminds me of Airbnb and how they pivoted three times in order to get to the success that they are in today. So we will focus on service bot right now and you know you have big plans for it and is is going very well so let's go back to basics if you could explain in very simple terms what do you do what do you offer at service bot sure thing so at its core we're a, a billing ui so we are a ui built on top of stripe so essentially what you can do as a business is let's say you're trying to sell a subscription SaaS, like a, a, trying to sell, sell your app. And all you need to do to get the billing in place for these subscriptions is to get, we, we generate billing pages that you can drop into your app. So for example, we have a checkout page you can drop in. We have a pricing page that'll show the different tiers of your product, allow your customer to purchase one of them. We have a customer portal that you can drop in where your customer can self-service their subscription. So that gives you the functionality like cancel, change car, download invoices, see how much you're paying, uh, all that good stuff. No development needed. It's just plug and play. Okay. So if I understood you correctly, it's like click funnel, but for the payment um, pages or whatever in apps, correct? And it's uh, no code. That, that's that's pretty accurate i would say yeah it it is and it is no code for for most cases yeah great and what are the other alternatives that the people who you're offering your services to are using right now to get those payments on their apps right so i would say there's not much in terms of like actual products what what our biggest competitor right now is people building it themselves uh, so it's really the build versus buy kind of thing where somebody uh, th that's actually one of our biggest problems that uh, is, is educating people that this is a huge pain to build out a billing system and build out a billing UI. Uh, we hear it all the time, like from 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 founders that like first time founders, they don't understand the, the pain. But after they build it, we hear so often like, oh, man, I wish I heard about you guys or I wish I looked for this because like they had no idea that. The, the pain involved with building it. 
So I would say that's what that's really what we're competing with is people thinking they can build it themselves and not understanding the complexity and the amount of time that they're going to have to spend. I understand, although that's a very dangerous place to be, which is trying to change people's beliefs about something they didn't about the pain they didn't experience before. Because in marketing, there are three kinds of marketing. One is repair where people are fixing the pain that they have, and that is effective. The other is uh, prevention, which doesn't work very well. Otherwise, you wouldn't, you, people would stop smoking, nobody will be fat, and the world will be a much, much better place. And the other one, which is we will work with, we'll go advanced today. Let's focus on what is working. Since you've been building this since 2016, what group of people seem to be the majority of the users that are attracted to your solution? Right. So we have generally two personas that we've been focusing on. One is your standard uh, technical SaaS founder. So that's somebody who kind of understands, uh, who actually does do coding. They, they understand technically what ServiceBot does, and they're able to kind of get us integrated with their application pretty easily on their own. Um, the second kind of persona that we see a lot of is the no is especially the past year is the no code founder, the person building out like their bubble application and looking to add billing into their bubble application or their no code platform. So, uh, and that, that's kind of what, where, where my main focus is. Cause we have uh, actually, we, we have quite a bit of founders on our team and we all kind of are trying to focus in a, on a different segment uh, with, with our efforts like so, so, mine is is no code founders. Shar, my 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 other co founder, he's kind of focused on just like SaaS in general. Uh, Shaza, one of my other founders, she uh, founders, she's uh, focusing on word on the WordPress community because that's like a whole another uh, can of worms. Other than no code, I, I would consider WordPress to be, even though it technically is a no code platform, I would kind of segment it out of the no code space just because it's so different. I agree with you that WordPress is a beast of its own. And to ask you more, which segment or avatar, and I have to ask about this, does it come from data? Like you have either surveyed or looked at the numbers to find that those avatars are there, or did you look and think which people would benefit from our solution and you came up with those avatars? So that's one question. And the second, which segment seemed to be the one bringing the most money to your business? That's a great question. Uh, so at first, before we had any real data, it was kind of just guesswork. Um, and it's kind of developed to be to the point where we do have that data. Like we, we started, we added to our onboarding process, you know, asking questions about their persona. Like what, what do, are they technical, non-technical? What are they building? Are they building a SaaS, digital services, that kind of stuff. So we're trying to collect, and then we're, we're actually updating our onboarding to talk about like what platform you're building it on if you're using no code. So we'll be like, are you using Bubble? Are you using WordPress? Are you using Drupal? So we're, we're, we're constantly updating our onboarding questions to kind of get fill in the gaps where the, where the data is concerned. And I, I'm sorry, I kind of forgot your second question. What was that? Uh, which segment seems to bring in the most money? Got it. Got it. So right now it's, it's definitely just regular old SaaS companies. Um, th those are our highest paying customers. That's, that's, um, that's kind of what, where most of, most of our revenue is coming from right now. But 
I will say there's been a huge spike in the amount of, uh, of no coders who are coming into platform and starting to get onboarded and starting to, you know, in, play around with ServiceBot as a tool. So like that, that's really a segment that I think we can see a lot of growth potential in, especially when we start coming out on more tools. Because uh, each no-code tool generally will require some sort of integration um, for some of our offerings. For example, our customer portal has an authentication requirement that um, will re- requires to kind of be built, baked into the tool. So um, I, I, I really do believe that there's a lot of growth potential in that no-code space. And we've be, definitely been seeing, uh, like, I think a, a huge part of our incoming signups have been uh, people using, like, no-code tools such as Bubble or WordPress. Great. So we can focus on no-code since you said it's also the thing that you're focusing on while the two other co-founders, they have their other uh, segments, correct? Absolutely. And... Did you contact those uh, no-code tool companies to offer a way to have some alliance where you send them people and they integrate with you and let people know about you by including you in their integration like list or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Like we have this giant air, uh, air I think it's a Notion doc that has a giant table in it with like all the different integration partners that we're looking into and the kind of the status of them. Like, are they interested? Are do they still, are they, are they ready for us? Because a couple of these tools, they're like, oh, we're not ready for you, but talk to us in February or talk to us in Q2. So um, we're kind of keeping track of all those. And we, a couple of the ones that we've had conversations with are really open to kind of to baking us in there and, um, you know, like really uh, pushing for what ServiceBot is offering because uh, they, they actually, they, they, they always say like, oh, we get this all the time. Like we get, we get this like billing, these billing questions all the time because for, for things like Bubble or, um, or WordPress, it's always like you have to build out your own solution or especially with bubble we we see we've been seeing that a lot lately is like bubble users want to do complicated things with their billing but they actually have to build out a stripe integration there's no plug and play solution um and with wordpress too i mean there is woocommerce but that has its own limitations and people just want something that works for their specific use case and the the beauty the beautiful thing about servicebot is that we're very unopinionated. So we work on top of your Stripe account. You set up your plans and prices the way you want them in Stripe. And we basically generate a billing UI based on that information. Uh, that's, that's all there is to it, really. Great. So let's think in another way. For no-code makers specifically, you said that without you, they will need to build their own solution. Well, what are the no-code makers doing who don't even know you exist? How is that process of building their own solution and which pains are they experiencing? Can you give more details about that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, generally what I recommend for a lot of founders is to start simple. So a lot of people who, who end up using us start with just a basic checkout page, right? They don't have a self-service subscription portal. They're, 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 they're not building things in a scalable way, right? They're just trying to collect payments, worry about, they'll do manual updates of their of credit cards. So they'll end up first building uh, just like a, a, a Stripe checkout form, right? That just creates a subscription. 
and then they might then they'll start start getting like worried because they want to give their customers the ability to self-service they'll get worried because they want to you know do coupons free trials things things that get a little more complicated and then i think that's when they become problem aware if i don't know if you're familiar with they're like the four stages of uh, of like the customer awareness whereas like problem unaware problem aware solution aware and then product aware where they're actually aware that your product is the best fit for um, a solution. And I think yeah. once they start, once they start trying to scale their billing, that's when they start becoming problem aware and start understanding that, Hey, this is something that, you know, I need to be solved, but I don't know exactly how to do it. Okay. What that's great. And really wonderful. And I love that model as when as, as well as the Gene Schwartz model of market evolution. And to ask you now, what is your goal? Because it seems to me like your goal is to capture as much of the market as possible. I know that doesn't sound like a bad thing, and I'm not saying it is. But clarity on the goal, because there is a big difference between market share growth and revenue growth. It's not tied and profit growth, which is a totally different thing. So what is your specific goal? I mean, so to, I guess you're kind of want to. I can dive into kind of the vision of what we're we're trying to accomplish here, if that's what you're asking. Is that what you yes. mean by goal? Okay. So our our the vision that we have for ServiceBot is is we really want ServiceBot to be a kind of like the no brainer tool when it comes to to SaaS billing to building applic billing for an application. So if more specific, I mean, yeah. So really, when you want to scale up your billing system when you want to give your customers like that self-service uh, subscription experience uh we're, our, our goal is to make it as easy and as quick and you know painless as possible uh with and that's what service bot's goal has, has has been since we've you know made these pivots into this SaaS space is to kind of make this the no-brainer easy fast solution for uh, billing, billing a billing, building a billing UI. Great. And are you now that fast and no brainer and easy solution for building a billing UI on top of uh, Stripe? I think we are right now. I think there's a lot, still a lot of room though to be better. Um, I, I, I do think we are probably the fastest, easiest way to do what, what our feature set does. And I, I, but I do believe that there's so much room for us to make the product better and make, make the experience better. Great. And my question, that's the vision, and that's very good. I'm asking about specific goals, like what are your revenue targets in a way, or what are your number of user targets when it comes to makers we're speaking specifically, or, or what is your market share that you're targeting? Like what is that number you're trying to hit specifically to know, okay, that is the goal and we are closer to it by 10% or 15% or 50% or whatever. Right, right. Uh, so I can, I can kind of get into that a bit. Um, we're trying to, like, so for this year at least, because m myself and one of my co-founders, we're going kind of full-time on this, stopping our, our day jobs essentially just to work full-time on ServiceBot. Um, we're, we're trying to get to the, get to the point where service bot is default alive versus default dead, which if we right now, right, if we have enough money to last us the year, 
And then next year, if we if we haven't hit any hit our goals, which is essentially like close to 30k MRR, um, which which is our, our goal for this year. Um, I mean, that, that's like our default alive goal. So if we if we hit that, we, we should be uh, able to survive. And if we don't, we'll have to reconsider and and see if what 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 we'll have to you know reevaluate. But that that's really our big goal, and that's going to be close to a hundred customers is kind of our 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 customer goal. A hundred new customers onboarded. Great, and to make sure. So now makers who are beginners don't seem to, or at least a good percentage of them doesn't seem to see the pain and the value until they try it for themselves and then they become problem aware and open to your solution. Is this correct? Yeah, so that, that I mean, getting people problem aware is one of the things that we, we've been really trying to focus on. And that's that's one of my big goals um, for this for this year is to kind of start creating a lot of content that just shows how easy it is for you to kind of plug ServiceBot into a no-code application. Uh, just kind of uh, educate through showing, right? Because somebody's going to see this and be like, "Oh, that's great." They might not at the time understand the problem, but when they actually get to building something, then the, then they'll kind of. Uh, I'm hoping at least that it'll click for them that, "Oh, you know, th- I saw I saw this piece of content, or I heard about ServiceBot," and you know, because one one of the things that like. The difference between a first-time founder and a second-time founder is like the the, the, sec, the first-time founder just like d- doesn't understand how long things are going to take, right? Like for me, whenever I approach a problem, there's a, always this sense of dread because like I know what what the effort involved is, and like that's one of the reasons why first-time founders get a lot of stuff done because they just don't understand how long things are going to take. I'm kind of getting into the weeds here, but like it, it's 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 really just even putting like an inkling in their head of like, oh, you know, this, this is what it should look like. And then kind of them thinking how much effort is going to be to get to that point. Um, that, that's like one of my big goals of, of my, of educating people on like build versus buy when it comes to a billing UI. Thank you. And it's very, very good. And since you are on a, like a time where you need to be clutch, like they say, I'm focusing on what is working to find what is working to make it grow more and work more rather than trying something new, which everything that is new and untested has a probability of success as well as a probability of failure, while what is working already has shown itself and proven itself to work. And let me ask you then about makers specifically who are seeing your solution and saying, nah, I will build my own. Why and what is the thought process that makes them start first by trying to build it on their own? Um, I, I, I still firmly believe that it's those first-time founders because the, the, they, they are overconfident. I mean, it's a little, a little harsh, but they're overconfident in, and um, they underestimate things. So... It, I, I think that's the main reason is it's seriously just like a lack of understanding of the pain because they haven't experienced it yet. It's just for a lot of people, they don't, they don't learn until they experience. And I, I, I really, I think that's really the main reason why, so, I mean, we'll, we have obviously people who come to us, they kind of understand it, but they end up not using us. And sometimes it's like, because of little things like, uh, 
some someone has like a EU a very specific EU tax requirement, and those are just things that we've been working on and building out. Like we have a big tax update coming this quarter, um, where we're integrating with a system called TaxJar to automatically calculate taxes on the fly, for example. Or somebody needs like a very specific uh, like. They, they need, require a very specific payment method that we just don't support at the moment. So there's like, like it's either going to be someone doesn't understand the pain or um, they just, they don't, they don't, um, we're missing a feature. There's one other case that I just thought of, which is, um, th- and that's something we've been actually str- trying. That's why one of the reasons why we actually got into no code was technicality. So some, in our first iteration of our product, uh, it was geared towards SaaS and you needed a backend component. You needed to code something just like a very simple, it's called an HMAC where you just have to generate a code, pass that to our embed, and that will authenticate a user. And that one step caused so much trouble for so many people who just weren't, didn't have the technical chops, which is why we've been really focusing on this no code space. Cause our goal is to make this like a couple clicks of a button and you have a billing system. That's, that's really our goal is to, is to make it that simple for people. So I think we're, we've been getting better at that, but obviously we're still missing some platforms. Like we have a lot of people coming to us saying, oh, I want to I want to get your subscription portal on Webflow. And right now we have to tell those people, no, you, you can't do it just with Webflow. You got to you know spin up a bubble site, spin up a WordPress site and use that as your uh, customer portal. So we're, we're, and we're working on that. We're working with a couple of different companies right now to kind of make it so the WordPress or not the WordPress, the Webflow works and all the other static site generators work. So we're actively working on that as well. Well, this is wonderful because usually I help people with their messaging and positioning. And this is wonderful because what you are into and need is belief architecture for demand creation, which is a totally different thing. And we can play with it right now. So those first time founders, they are overconfident. They believe that things will take less than things will take. And they believe that they will build it. They can build it on their own and that it will work fine. Uh, Or they will like subcontract it to someone who will build it and they will have that solution forever, correct? Absolutely. Okay, so give me, since you are very familiar with those people, three beliefs that are standing in the way of them uh, buying ServiceBot right away. Like what three beliefs specifically say, for example, they believe, oh, uh, I can build it easily or, oh, this will take me just a couple of months or a couple of weeks or whatever, or, oh, uh, I don't need to uh, trust my um, billing data to someone else because I don't know what they will do with it. Or, oh, um, I never heard of these people before, whatever. But choose the three biggest beliefs that are obstacles to them buying or objections. Right, right. I think, yeah, there, there's a couple things. So I'll give you three. Uh, one is, I think number one is the time it takes to build an integration themselves. I think two would be maintenance costs. So um, someone is going to come out with a non-scalable solution, but end up spending a lot of time, you know, ma- uh, manually interacting with customers, doing things that don't scale with their customers in terms of managing their subscriptions. And I would say number three would be not understanding uh, that even though, like, so I think a lot of people, 
I don't know how many people look to us and say, oh, you know, I, I don't want to rely on another service to handle payments. But I think a lot of people don't understand the maintenance cost behind maintaining a billing architecture. Uh, like there's a lot of, of hidden things involved with that. For example, like if you do a price change, there's going to be a lot of work involved with updating your code. Uh, if you're changing your billing model, there's a lot of, of, of things involved. Just, just, just like a lot of complexity that, a, hidden, a lot of hidden complexity. I understand. And it's even better because hidden problems will be much, much easier to like give people that awareness of them rather than trying to change something that they're determined to do, especially makers who believe they are builders that will build their own thing. So, I mean, think of it logically. And if someone believes that the maintenance cost of building that uh, billing architecture are too high and the headaches are too large, will they even, you know, create it in the first place, even if they believed it's easy and simple and fast to create? So you're saying like if somebody... If somebody understands the complexity, would they still create it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's where, I, I think that's one of those things that we're trying to, one of the biggest things we're trying to educate people about and get, that, that's the easiest win for us is to kind of have them understand that we are a solution to not have to do that anymore. Because We've, I've talked to a lot of founders and, they, and a lot of them say, you know, oh, I used to build this out all the time and every single time it was a huge pain in my ass. So like just get, putting ServiceBot in front of them, explaining that this is the problem that we're solving for them. Uh, that's, that's really where we're trying to get the biggest, the easiest wins for, for, from founders who are, you know, spinning up tons of companies or, you know, building out. They just want to have, turn these things, turn these ideas out into something and see if something sticks right it's a, it's a great solution for that i understand and this is really really good and to ask you what is your content strategy to create that awareness about this easy win problem right so i think this is something that we we're just starting to kind of get better at um in the past, our main driver of, uh, of leads was through our blogs and our blogs, as well as a couple of different other places. Like we were, we're on the, uh, we're one of the, we're a Stripe partner. So we show up on the, on the Stripe partner page that brings us a decent amount of traffic. We get a lot of traffic just through organic SEO from our blogs. Like we do, um, blogs about SaaS and stuff and staff billing and things like of that nature. So we're trying to really key in on people just searching about SaaS billing and, just kind of get into people who are doing their research for, uh, for billing uh, is kind of where we're trying to hit them. And I think what, one of the things we want to really start focusing on is billing flows. That's actually something where we're, this, this, uh, this month, actually, we're, we're doing a rebrand for the name service spot. We're changing the name to, it's going to be called bill flow um, going forward. And uh, that's really because we're really folk, we're really thinking if we focus on on billing flows, like for example, a one billing flow is a free trial model where a user will sign up for an app, a free trial will get created, and then they will pay or add in their credit card later in app, right? So that's that's a billing flow. Another billing flow is the freemium model where they sign up for the app, use the app for free, and at some point they're going to have to pay because they've either you know reached some limit of something 
or there's a feature that they want that's unaccessible. So that'd be like the freemium flow. We're just really going to nail down these different flows and kind of educate people on that. And because it's really, it's actually really hard to educate people on just SaaS billing in general, like, because people don't really think of, of, of it that way. They think of it as, oh, I want, you know, as little tiny chunks, like I want to do a free trial or I want to do a coupon code, right? Because a lot of people just have a really simple solution at, at a given moment and they're trying to scale it. So that's really where we're trying to hit them is when they're scaling um, their, their simple billing solution. Great. And do they know that word that it's called billing flow? Do they search for that? Or is it that, you know, name something you are educating them on as well? We're going to be educating them on on the on that name as well. Um, I don't. I, I think it's it's kind of a term that people some people use, right? Like when you do Google searches on it, it it's pretty relevant, um, which is part of the reason why we chose that name. But I think I don't. I don't think it's like a generally accepted term. I mean, people don't think of it that way, right? When you say it, they go like, "Oh yeah, that that does make sense," but it's it's not like. Um, it's, it's not it's, it's not a generally accepted term. So that's something we're working to educate as well on. Great. And now, though, I'm hearing like three different things. You're speaking about makers who have many ideas and they're testing it out and they wish to have their billing flow so that they test it easily without coding, as well as like serial entrepreneurs or second time founders who have experienced the pain and they're going for it. And I'm also hearing you speak about people who are scaling their already successful idea and they need to scale with it their billing. And those are three different avatars with three different messaging. So can you speak more about that? And if, you know, you're including all of them together, then which of those three is the most um, profitable? Right, right. So, I mean, I can already tell you the, 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 the most profitable out of those three are the ones who are looking to scale up their billing. Uh, so a lot of times the, the best customers that we find are ones that have been collecting subscriptions for a while because we, we charge based on uh, revenue. So the more money you're making, the more, the, the more money we're going to be uh, making because, you know, we're, it's a it's value add relationship, right? You get value out of us, we get value out of you. So it's a win-win for both both of us. Uh, so the ones who have already had have established businesses are going to be the most profitable ones, uh, hands down. Uh, just to start with, obviously, the we're making we would love to make we're making small bets with our, with our. We actually recently lowered our our basic tier, um, the pricing of it. It used to be fifty dollars. Now it's nineteen dollars per month. So. Uh, we, we lowered that because we really wanted to appeal to these no-code founders, these, these, these first-time founders who don't really have a lot of capital or any capital at all, and they just want to have an easy-to-use billing system. So that, that's kind of the other segment that we, we've targeted, and we want to help those people scale up and scale up their billing. Um, and, and then the, the third segment was just people testing out a lot of different things, and that is actually also kind of similar to one of our other personas, which is the digital service persona which um, are people who don't even really use half our product. Like they only stick with pricing pages because they just want to keep testing out different, different landing pages, different pricing pages. And, um, you know, it's kind of like click funnels, um, those kinds of segments where you're, you're testing out a lot of different, different funnel strategies. Okay, great. 
to ask you then, can you do that moving the free line kind of model where you are betting on those people who will become uh, large-scale founders? And the way it works is there is something in economics called the uh, Gibra's law, which is that if you have any group, you have 12% of where that will grow and scale and the rest will not. So can you do it in this way where you try to get as many makers as possible, even if it's at a loss, knowing that out of those makers over time, many of them or enough of them will scale and therefore enough of them will be the the profit, which means you make profit in the back end rather than in the front end and in retail that's called having a loss leader or you know having something that you lose money on but it brings more clients and therefore you know that every 100 people maybe five percent will become those larger and those scalable kind and you can even increase your prices there or percentages a bit knowing that the more people you get into the door the better it will be. And, okay, I will say it. Can you make your solution free, not even for $19, for those smaller scale makers and have them rush in there knowing that the percentages will end up in your favor if you have your, uh, your uh, like, structure of the um, scaling pricing right? Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. That's a great question and something we've talked about amongst ourselves quite a bit. Uh, we, the main reason why we, we don't want to make it free f- at this moment in time is the support costs. So currently, ServiceBot, I would say, is a pretty high-touch SaaS. So w- w- what that means is that... Uh, it, we get a lot of support requests and it's not just service bot related support questions people come to us with. We have people coming to us asking things about just basic bubble bubble development or, you know, setting up Stripe. So there's just a lot and, and getting things put into their back end and errors that they have and trying to get things configured properly. There's a lot of support costs involved with service bot. And one of our main goals, right, this year is to be sustainable a sustainable business, right? Otherwise we have to, you know, go back to having day jobs again, which we don't want to do. Uh, so, uh, and just all those goals and all those support costs at this moment in time, it just doesn't make sense to make it free. And that's definitely though, something we'd be really interested in. And once we get to the point where we are self-sustaining and, you know, we can start investing in customer support agents and really, because that, that's really one of the, our, our company values is having a great support experience. We want, we want our customers to be our friends. And if we start opening the floodgates for any, any, anybody to just sign up and start using us and start asking us questions, that support quality is going to go way down. I agree with you, and I will ask uh, a poll, or what if. Poll is from Edward Tobono, who is the world's foremost you know, authority since the 1970s or even before on creativity. And poll is his word for supposing something. What if you had the people come for free, 
but if they want support, they can pay a minimal amount like $5 or whatever per month to have access to support until you can subsidize that. Do you know what I mean? And then if people don't have support, they cannot blame you and say, oh, you don't have support. They understand, okay, I am not paying for support. And if I pay to get that support, so you make yourself free to use, but pay to support until they scale. And of course, yeah, they have that other structure. Yeah, that, that's, that, oh, that opens up a whole can of worms. Uh, so... I've thought a little bit about something like that I'm, I'm kind of against it. And I'll tell you why. The main reason is people are still going to blame you and people are going to, people are going to be running their business. They're going to have, they're going to have issues and then they're going to fall away, right? People who could, would have otherwise been, been uh, potential customers. So uh, I, I don't want to kind of hurt because I, I, I can already tell you, we get so many requests coming in. Um, that, that like we, we don't we want to be known as like very customer centric and I think that's almost anti anti customer because we have to we have to really spend a lot of time making sure our documentation is like flawless we have to we, we don't even have, we don't have enough support materials out there right now to feel comfortable um, doing that so people have a good experience without us helping them great so let's suppose the opposite can you double your prices? Because this is what happens. I know, uh, you know, let's look at this from every angle. Because mathematically, in many ways, if you double your prices, you can lose up to 40% of your clients and still keep the same revenue. Yet you will have less costs and less overhead and all that stuff. And it means you need less than 100 customers to you know, work with it because to ask you what those people who feel the pain, are you too cheap or are you capturing the whole value? Like, are they willing to pay more after the headache of experiencing not using you? I think there's, so that's something that's really hard to figure out. I, I think what we're, we're doing a pretty good job. We actually have recently... Um, changed our pricing uh, the, like a, a few, like a month or two ago to raise to to raise prices on people making more money because it, it's exactly what you said the people who are using us and are getting value uh, do actually will actually be willing to pay more and that is something we have found and we one some of our our biggest revenue growths has been expansions people you know moving from one tier to another so I I, I feel really good about our current pricing strategy. Uh, we probably could raise prices even more, but uh, I think the, the the biggest thing, right, is is that entry level um, for people. Like the, the the founders who are just starting, they don't have a lot of money, but they are that they're willing to grow. Kind of what we talked about earlier, where and most of our a lot of our and as I said before, our revenue does grow from expansion. So people making more money and getting put on those higher tiers. It's really a win-win for both of us for that entry entry price to be at a reasonable amount. Fantastic. And how many people do you have right now that are using your services? I mean, it's less than 100 since 100 is your goal. Well, you know, 100, is, 100 new customers was our goal. Um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, how many? Like, yeah, so, so you don't have to I mean, say like... It, it, 
over X or uh, anything. I'm, I'm going to use it for social proof. I'm not asking you like to reveal secrets. So tell me like, what is that number that trusts you so far? How many people like trusted by XYZ or like McDonald's at the time when they did, you know, we have served over 1 billion burgers or, you know, something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, we have, uh, we have right now like a, close to 500 active subscriptions. Um, yes. So, so yeah, I mean, they're all at different, different rates and things of that nature. I, I don't know exactly. I, I don't know the exact details well, of how it will be the Pareto some... principle, the Pareto principle where 80% are at 19 bucks probably. And then 20% are the other tiers because life is funny in that way that uh, the 80 20 rule is is everywhere and it's really cool okay so let's think about it so makers what happened is that for makers to create their idea they need money and money comes when they bill people you can create the best idea in the world but if you don't bill or you don't have an easy way for people to buy, especially in a time now in a time where people are used to easy clicks and everything has low friction. If you have flick friction in your billing or any problems, people will disappear and wither away. And right now, you saw that problem and you came and are already trusted by over. 500 makers who are every day relying on you to give them that easy plug and play and point and click solution to create in their apps the pages that will allow people to easily do those billing flows whether it's a subscription or trial or any kind of thing in a very easy way that avoids something very important because when they use you they might not know it and people don't tell them because they sell them that entrepreneurial dream that you should work hard and it will be easy and simple and your success is so smooth and guaranteed. But in reality, there are potholes that they don't see, but you see them because thanks to bill, uh, bill flow, what happened is if they use you, then they can easily create and use the billing architecture and the billing flows that will get them the more money from people and less people lost at the checkout which means more money for their business to grow as well as less time and effort and money that they will need to put into servicing and maintaining those architectures that they have created themselves and the bugs and the problems that are happening there, which is time lost from them growing their business, growing their brand and getting more money, which puts them under the risk of losing clients and that lost opportunity can even make them lose their business and go bankrupt because their uh, resources are not put to use in the right thing which is growth and more money they'll be fin like they'll be uh, playing around and spending their time wasting on headaches of uh, that uh, maintenance of their billing flow while now they can outsource all the headaches and the problems to you for a small amount and you they only pay more when they make more, which means you only make money when they make money. And therefore, to you, this is a no-brainer solution because people don't know. They think, oh, I will build my own, but they don't know that they're making commitment. It's like marriage to something that will need you know, years and years of family therapy and counseling while you are avoiding to them 
all those problems by offering a very easy solution that is costing much, much less. It's, it's not even a cost. It's actually paying to have more of their clients stay and check out smoothly and get that credit card payment rather than being lost. So they're capturing back those lost customers as well as refreeing their time and effort and energy that they will need to maintain any existing system they create that they can redirect into getting more clients, growing their business more, getting more traffic and getting more reach and branding for them so that their business grows. They become the next unicorn or their next big idea that will give them financial stability as well as make their family safe and make them proud to be that successful entrepreneur rather than trying to do it all by themselves, failing, getting into headaches, and maybe even losing their business, ending up with people looking at them as a failure, feeling as a failure, and losing their financial security of their families. Yeah, it's a great way of putting it. Um, I think that's something that we, we constantly hear from from our customers is like, I don't want to focus on the billing. I just want to get shit done, get st- my secret sauce done, right? Like the thing that makes me happy, the thing that the features or parts of my business that I enjoy doing, I want to focus on those. I don't want to worry about the actual, you know, payment collection, the subscription management, none of that stuff. They want to actually, they don't, they don't give a shit about to like fr- from a development perspective. It, it is something that needs to be there. So exactly. And that's you are the mirror. Great marketing is a mirror to what they say. This is your message that you shouldn't be, you know, wasting your time playing around with stuff. You should focus on what you love and what your business needs, which is growth, growth, growth and uh, reaching more clients rather than wasting time on things that you don't need to because we already figured it out. Why should you overcome more than you need to overcome? Tell me, because this is something I felt the shift that you noticed something clicked. Can you tell me what clicked and how can this inform part of the content that you will be focusing on? Remembering that marketing in many ways is an exercise in memorization where you need to say something 20 to 30 times, almost repeating yourself from different angles for it to stick in people's minds because people are distracted nowadays. Right. So I think things have kind of clicked um, for, for us, at least like with our vision and our, our marketing efforts. It, 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 we've, we've been kind of, we, for the, we've been at this for four years and for like the first two years, I would say it was just kind of screaming into the void and nobody listening. Uh, we, we were doing everything wrong, every, every mistake in the book for, so we were building, building features with, without having customers. Well, we had, without having customers asking for them, we were building features because one big potential customer was saying, Oh, I, I need this in order to use you. So we would build a feature for them and then they wouldn't end up using it. Uh, we, we had to essentially rebuild the entire product from scratch because we just did everything wrong. And it was really like understanding that um, the pain we're actually solving for people is this billing, this lightweight billing UI um, versus we, before we were this entire subscription management platform, we had, we had a way, it was kind of like Gumroad for subscriptions. Um, It was, it was pretty insane that what we had built before it was like, it's open. We were trying to do, make this an open source system that anybody could extend or there was, there was going a million and one directions. So really things clicked when we, when we sat down and we're like, 
this is crazy what we're doing. This is so unmaintainable. Um, we're just not cut out to do this much stuff at once. So we just completely narrowed it to one thing our product did, which is building UI, you know, focus on the customer portal, the embeddable aspect. And once we, once we cut it all down, um, brought the scope down to a very minimal segment of what we were doing before is when we started actually to grow properly. Thank you. And that's actually a story you should tell that you have spent all that time doing everything wrong. And that can be a resonant thing that is proof because anecdotes and stories resonate with human emotions on a level that uh, facts and numbers don't. So you can tell them instead of wasting your time trying to uh, maintain your built by yourself architecture for billing, you will spend your time in what is valuable, which is figuring out what people want, what people are actually asking for so that you understand exactly the features and benefits that you need to focus on and that will ensure your business grows and survives and therefore delegating and paying for this is not really even a payment it's investing to free up your time to do the most important things and sharing about yourself how that big client promised if you did that work they will hire you and after you did all that they didn't and all those ways they can avoid by actually focusing on testing their ideas and seeing what works. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, if I, if I were to give any advice to any first to, to any person trying to start a business, it would be find that validation before you even write a single line of code. Well, you find that validation first before committing to a huge project, right? So start with very small, a very small ideas, pivot them, you know, just, tweak the model a little bit until you find that that validation and that feedback from the market saying, oh, this is this is great. This is something I need. Then you can go ahead and spend a shit ton of time building out something really nice once you once you know that it's something people want. Exactly. And that's what you help them do, because they can also pivot when it comes to their payment plans and payment flows very easily and very fast, which allows them to test their ideas and the payment flows that they're asking for their uh, new apps that they're built probably through no code to test as prototypes. And therefore, they can prototype their billing through you. And that's actually a good thing, that good message for makers. You can call yourself bill flow for those larger companies. And to makers, you can have even a sub-brand that you call uh, bill prototyping. And then it's the same product, but the message is more resonant with no code makers. Definitely, like we definitely, need, there's definitely different messaging involved with our different uh, segments. And that's something we've been trying to do with different landing pages. I've been, one of, something that's been on my to-do list forever is to kind of re rebuild our bubble landing page, uh, to maybe even turn it into like a no code landing page, that kind of stuff. Um, but you brought up something interesting where where you I, I mean, this is something that I've actually been recently seeing and working with people on is going from a very basic idea and scaling it up into a SaaS business using no code tools. For example, I, I, um, I was talking to somebody and he was using ServiceBot to sell his book and he was actually um, part of his book offering was this database. He had it built in bubble. So like he needed to 
have like the this this mini app part of his uh, offering um, put under a paywall and, and ServiceBot was a great fit for him. And he was telling me like, oh man, I, I, I'm so happy I found you. This is great. And he was telling me how he's planning on expanding it from after, because this book is kind of like his form of validating an idea. And he's going to take this and kind of expand it into a SaaS business. And ServiceBot's a great fit for that because you can really just change it from all it is is changing your the Stripe products, and boom, you're selling subscriptions instead of books. So, uh, I think there's it, it's, it's just exciting stuff going to be seen this next year. I love it. And to share with people, where can they find out more? Where can they connect with you? Where can they learn more about ServiceBot? Can you share your links? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, our website right now is servicebot.io, soon to be billflow.io. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. That's the best place to reach me. Uh, it's at bsears, B-S-E-A-R-S underscore. So bsears underscore is my Twitter handle. Uh, my DMs are open. Anybody can DM me about anything. I would be happy to talk to you. Thank you, and I wish you a happy new year. And it's great connecting with you and speaking with you. And for me personally, too, discovering so much about ServiceBot. So goodbye. Yeah, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm.